are now tuning in to the Mind Body Podcast, where you will go behind the scenes of how the mind of successful entrepreneurs, experts, and true leaders really works. Here you won't just listen, you will understand the guiding principles to create massive change in any area of your life. And of course, this podcast is hosted by the strong, lovely, with the sexy Jewish accent, Lidor Dayan. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Mind Body Podcast. I'm your host, Lido Dayand. And in this episode of the Mind Body Podcast, I had the honor to speak with JP Sears. When I first saw JP's viral video on how to get offended, I laughed hysterically. And at the same time, I said to myself, <laughs> hmm, that really makes sense. So I highly recommend you to watch this video. It's really hilarious. So I said to myself that, I must contact with JP and interview him. So after a few times, I finally got him to the podcast and I'm very excited to share with you all the stuff JP and I talked about. So for those of you who don't know who is JP Sears, JP is a life coach and internet comedian. He also did a TED Talks and he also the author of the book, How to Be Ultra Spiritual. Some of the topics JP and I discussed about were how to deal with anger, how to enjoy while walking on your dreams and how to become emotionally fit and many, many more. So without further ado, let's begin the interview. <clears throat> I mean the spiritual interview. Let's go. First of all, I, I really appreciate your time uh, being uh, in my podcast. Uh, it's really an yeah. honor to have you here. You are, oh, thank you, brother. You're a very unique uh, character, and I'm really looking forward for this conversation. I really believe we can have a good conversation that can benefit uh, a lot of people. Uh, right on, brother. Well, I'm honored uh, that you'd invite me, and I'm excited to act like we're two human beings talking about life and mm -hmm. liberty, pursuit of happiness, whatever else it is. But yeah, thank you, brother. I'm excited to dive in with you. Yeah, thanks. So, would you please uh, share with us a little bit about your background, who you are, where you're from? Yeah, who I am is a mystery. I'm still trying to figure it <laughs> out. But some things I do for the some of my background, the past 16 years, I've been an emotional healing coach, working with people to help heal their wounds, their pain, and step deeper into their personal power and authenticity. So that, that's, uh, that's been a very meaningful part of my career. And then the past three years, I've been making videos, comedy videos, and allowing my humor side to come out to not only share my perspective sincerely, like I've been doing for 16 years, but also now uh, through comedy, sharing my perspectives through humor as just another way of voicing my heart in the world and uh yeah yeah in my going back to birth you know i was uh growing up i was a pretty disconnected emotionally disconnected kid you know i'd i'd want to feel happy and have a good time which i did but also there were a lot of emotions inside of my heart that i just disconnected from and i think that's ultimately what led me to pursue doing emotional healing work professionally because I needed it personally. 
what when you you said like emotionally disconnected like you were like alone most of the time with not uh, too much friends or well in the yeah what I mean by emotionally disconnected I I always had a lot of friends uh, I enjoyed that and my family was always around but I wasn't really available to emotionally engage with my family so it's like there was physical connection there was mental connection there was conversing connection but I would say there wasn't communication you know communion being in my opinion an emotional phenomenon so I was pretty numb I, I didn't know how to feel my emotions like say like so many other men out there at the time I was a uh, little child because the way I was raised you know if I was afraid people my parents other people around would say well there's nothing to be afraid of mm-hmm. if I was mad then people would get mad at me for being mad so I learned pretty quickly well let me just disconnect from these emotions and you know that's a phenomenon done unconsciously I don't just sit there and say well, let me disconnect from my emotions but it Yeah, you know, my emotions became like a hot stove. I would touch them and like before too long just learn like yeah, nope, don't touch my emotions. So much like I think if if someone's eating a lot of food, but they never have a bowel movement, they become very constipated. So I, I became very constipated for the first few first couple decades of my life. Do you think it's something but we need to sometime, have disconnected or something from if you really feel like anger or you feel like uh, depressed so yeah. how can you get out of this how can you disconnect it from like if you you feel it in your body like a couple yeah. days ago I, I thought that I'm really good at uh, handling my emotions and one woman did one thing and it made me like really in la- la- lousy state And I know like communication skills and like questions if I ask myself uh, different questions then it automatically makes it uh, either more intense or less intense or if I use certain words like if I use words like ah, I'm gonna kill her or stuff like that then it's gonna make me really feel not in a good state but still it's it's tension that you feel in your body so how can you That's a good question and and I think the beginning of your 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 question you mentioned is there like is there a time to emotionally disconnect and I think yeah absolutely but the time isn't all the time uh, I think the time you know if we need to just remove ourselves from a situation for an hour or a day cool but then we got to go back to our emotions when it's essentially safe to process the unsafe feelings that are our emotions and I know anger is a very intense one a lot of a lot of fire in there and I think the key to anything even what a lot of us think are ugly emotions like anger the key is to digest them in a healthy way and in my opinion the healthy way is essentially two things three things awareness breathing with them and feeling them I mean it kind of like you can't have one without the other so I say all three awareness breathing with them and feeling them unhealthy ways of expressing anger can be puking it onto other people yelling, yelling at other people it's like yeah we're being angry but we're not 
healing our anger. We're not having a good bowel movement of anger. We're just like pooping on other people. And we all, I mean, needless to say, like violence is another very unhealthy expression of anger. Uh, some people will turn their anger inward as a way, instead of feeling it, breathing with it, and being aware of it, they say anger turned inward is called depression. So that's essentially someone just stabbing themselves with a hot sword of their anger. So, you know, I, I personally believe ingredients to all emotional, uh, a good, healthy emotional digestion, awareness, breathing, and feeling our feelings. You know, it's weird. Like, we, we hear the term feelings, and, and there's so much wisdom in the word feelings. Like, what do we do with our feelings? Well, the instructions are already in the word. Feel them. Uh, and that's super easy to say, but I know for me, a lot of times, it's, it's hard to get there. Like, if, if I take you to a moment that you felt angry, because I believe in modeling. If I want to succeed in anything, then I want to model the best and see how I can apply it on my own life. So if I can take you to a moment that you felt angry, so how do you look at it? What do you see in your head? What is the pictures, the frames? And do you see something that's close, it's dark? Uh, what, what do you see? Yeah, yeah, typically the way I get angry, and I think this can be different for other people, but you asked me, so here's my example. Uh, like, uh, actually, I'll, I'll go back. A few weeks ago, I was visiting my parents' house, and, you know, there's, I, I, I was feeling bothered by my parents. They always say, if you, if you think you're enlightened, go visit your parents. So I went to visit my parents, found out I'm not enlightened. So I was trying to get work done, and, and they kept wanting to talk to me. Not a big thing, but I was getting angry. So I, I tend to get, like, a, a little bit of tunnel vision. And, you know, my, my sensations in my body, a lot of times, like, I'll feel heat, I'll feel tingling, and I'll certainly feel tension uh, in my face, my, my neck will get tight. So that's how anger registers for me. And there's always a, a story that comes with my anger, at least. My story is, they did this, they're doing this, and I want it to be this way. And, and to me, investing in the story is not a way to actually process the anger. You know, we, I don't need to, well, yeah, how much is it their fault? That, that's kind of getting intellectual with an emotional phenomenon. So once I feel the anger, I'm aware of it, then honestly, for me, I need to take time. I need to take a couple minutes, sometimes 10 minutes, and breathe. And what that looks like is I'll, I'll go off by myself, sit there, close my eyes, and do my best to focus on the, the heat in my body, the tingling, the feelings of the anger while breathing. Mm -hmm. And you mentioned, uh, you said that they were bother you, which is yeah. such a different way to say it as for like, I was really pissed off. Because the words is like, if you are really mad and you describe it like butter, so it really, as, as much as it sounds like a little bit like, uh, uh, nah, it's, it's not working, it is working. Because I tried it, like if I'm really pissed, uh, instead of saying pissed, and if I'm saying like, I, I'm butter or I'm peeved or uh, I'm annoyed, 
So it's automatically decrease the, the level of emotion and intensity that you feel in your body. <laughs> yeah, I agree. It's like we could be over dramatic with our anger. Like, the world's going to end because mm -hmm. they're doing this. It's like, yeah, but I like your wisdom where, you, okay, we can use our language to put it in perspective where anger isn't dominating our life. Like, I am rageful. The world's ending. It's like, yeah, I'm, I'm bothered right now. <laughs> Yeah, like it's that. also um, metaphors. A lot of people use metaphors like uh, he stabbed me in the back and I like, okay, show me the scars. <laughs> it's like uh, a lot of people use a metaphor that's really like uh, intense. So it makes them such into the, that. So I always tell them like use different metaphors because if you use that kind of metaphors, it's not going to help you, <laughs> not going to heal you. I, I agree. I, I mentioned a, a second ago, we always have a story with our anger. The story justifies why we have the anger. And what I'm hearing you say is when we're using overly dramatic metaphors, it like strengthens this hurricane that is our story. And, and this story doesn't do anything to help us heal our emotions and release them. I think this story is something that makes them there and stuck. So without, without being careful, we can get swallowed by our story. Confusing mm -hmm. <laughs> the dramatic metaphors, as you mentioned, I think looking out for that is a good way to not get swallowed by the story. Yeah, like people, uh, how was your day? Ah, another day in prison. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, there, I, and I love how you're, you're bringing this up. I think there is so much power in our language you know, our, our words, along with our thoughts, along with our actions, they shape our reality. Like, they, they create our reality. And if we are essentially praying our way into prison because those are the words that we're saying, and we know we're thinking them, if we're saying them, then it's like, wow, we're creating a prison, self-induced self-constructed but man it can absolutely be a prison we're in because we think we're in one yes i know i think the first thing is always being aware to your current habits because emotion is also habit that you create if you constantly always seek for what's wrong or you constantly always mad so you create the habit of being angry all the time it's like seek and you shall find if i always seek for what's wrong or always like uh, how everybody is always pisses me off or uh, bother me. <laughs> so uh, eventually I'm always going to seek for this, right? Yeah, I, I think so. We train ourselves. Mm -hmm. So I want to take you back a little bit and ask you, what was your biggest pain in life if you had one and how did you overcome it? Yeah, I, I love that. Uh, I love that question. I think my my biggest pain. There's been a lot of them, but the the biggest one that comes to my mind right now is when I was in my late teens, early twenties. I felt the pain of emptiness. I felt the pain of not being fulfilled. So, in other words, the pain was emptiness and pointlessness. And 
and you know that those pains had been there for a while, but I was like really becoming aware of them. Like, ah, I feel empty inside. I, I tried to fill myself up with sports, tried to fill myself up pleasing my parents, tried to fill myself up being what I was supposed to be in life, but uh, I just felt empty. So what I did for myself is I started searching. You know, we all know that the def- one of the definitions of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. Well, I was done being insane. So I knew I had to do something different. I didn't know what that different something was, but I knew I had to do it. So I started searching. And by the way, when I look at this, whenever any of us start searching, it's a pattern interrupt in our lives. Mm-hmm. You know, we've all been in a straight line. We have our patterns in life, you know, our thoughts, our words, our actions, relationship patterns. But then we start searching. That interrupts and we're going in a different direction. So I didn't know what I was searching for. I just knew I need to search. And, and I think that took me along a... Uh, 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 probably a good 13-year journey where I, w- I was finding treasures. I got into personal training. That was a, a great step on my journey. Like, I found it. But, like, I had to, when I started searching, I, I dropped out of college, and, and then I found personal training. And that was a good find for me. And then that doorway of personal training opened up a doorway of uh, nutrition, in food, helping me and help me helping other people better live their lives through good nutrition. And then that nutrition doorway opened up a doorway into the world of stress reduction and understanding like, wow, our physiology, our stress response can really impair our lives or it can really enhance our lives if we know what to do with it. So that was another treasure I found. And then that treasure led to another treasure, led to another treasure. And eventually, I, uh, you know, all those treasures accumulated. And then the most recent piece of my, uh, I'll call it my professional treasure hunt of fulfillment, has been bringing comedy into my uh, professional life. It's always been a part of my personal life. But, but my search led me to eventually find the treasure of comedy and how to express that. And, and I wish I could say my, my search, like how I helped myself out of this pain and emptiness. I wish it could be like, Oh yeah, whatever. I found this book and it helped me or just this mentor and it helped me. But honestly it was, it's been a long, tiring, brutal ride the past 13 years, uh, uh, or for thir- 13 years of uh, finding small little treasures that eventually accumulated into what I would call the solution where now, you know, I'm not perfect by any means. I've got plenty of issues to work on, yet I do have a pretty good level of fulfillment in my life. And I feel instead of purposeless and pointless, I feel pretty purposeful. So, man, searching looking, not knowing what I'm looking for, but looking uh, was my solution. And by the way, not just looking for an hour, not just looking for a day, 
but having the endurance to continue looking and and honestly i i need to continue to look because i know there's way more treasure out there than just what i've accumulated so far yes and i believe we all have a journey and we all need to to go and find that inner purpose of our life and most of people just like zombies they live day by day and they they don't really ask themselves these deep questions it's like i when i ask people they always say like hmm i i was i didn't think about it this way because if you don't ask yourself this kind of question like who am i what is my life for what's my purpose what do i really want in my life and most of the people seek for validation outsource resource uh, so they can feel they're enough because the b- two biggest pain uh, that human beings have is the feeling that they're not enough and they won't be loved and yeah. most of us trying to seek for something so we can feel we are enough I have I need to have more car I need to have more degrees I need to achieve I need this this but eventually what I believe most people most successful people find out is true fulfillment comes from within when you know who you are what you made for and you don't need anything to outsource to make you feel that you are confident enough in yourself that you know your purpose why you do what you do and when you get to this point I nothing can stop you you can achieve everything and you do it much better way yeah I, I agree uh, I'm a big fan of Tony Robbins and Tony has a one of my favorite quotes of all time. He says achievement without fulfillment is the ultimate failure it's like you know I, I don't think there's anything I think it's great to achieve but we got to be aware am I fulfilling myself while I'm achieving great things and then if his quote is halfway true and I think it is we imagine the worst case scenario we've achieved achieved everything we've gone to the proverbial moon and we're still not happy and That is a very low place to be. I think it means we we've been on a search for anything but ourselves. Uh, and maybe the more we look when we're only achievement focused, the more we look for our treasures, the further we get from ourselves. So I think it has we have to be very aware achievement isn't fulfillment. It's two different things and, and it's in my, my opinion, That fulfillment is the priority achievement is secondary and I think when we are my experience is when we're fulfilled it's easier to achieve I think it's hard to achieve when we're empty inside and, and it's like we're trying to build a, a tall building with zero foundation I think fulfillment is the foundation of self once we've got that it's easier to to achieve and, and build these this outward kind of thing yes it's like Tony Robbins always says uh, it's science of achievement and how to fulfillment because, ah. right because achievement is a science if you want to lose fat or you want to build muscle there is principles in science that if you track this eventually you will have more muscle you will change your body but heart is something else because you If you and I look at these pictures behind and I'm telling you look this is so beautiful picture when I look at it it takes me 
to the past and it really you get me emotional and you say like what this picture look it has like just four five colors what what's wrong with you because it fulfills me so yeah. everybody's different we just gotta follow our hearts and let it lead us because i think the hearts know the answer for everything mm. but most of us live in the head and we let the head drive us but once we are aware of it and we take control of the mind and not letting the mind control us then eventually we truly start to do what we really want which i yeah, was, yeah uh, i i agree with that brother i think we we outsmart ourselves when we use the intelligence of our mind to discount the wisdom of our heart and also another question that i want to ask you how can you enjoy the process while working on your dream because you and i know when you're building your dream that takes sometimes a lot of hours and sometimes a lot of long late hours of loneliness when you're alone and how, how you deal with it how you don't get procrastinated or like yeah. feeling very lonely or even depressed yeah i think there's a couple things one first and foremost uh that's important to me is i have to be connected to a sense of purpose and i have to remind myself of that so if i'm staying up late working and i just want to be resting i need like you know purpose makes pain worth it but pain without purpose that that to me just creates suffering it's like oh pain without purpose no way so i have to know what i have to have at least some sense of what is my purpose what am i doing this for and i have to remind myself of that so once we have our purpose then pain is okay it's like if if you go to the gym and start working out you start accumulating lactic acid and it's not comfortable it's painful but if you have in your mind my purpose i'm uh, that i'm doing this for so i can get in better shape then it makes the pain in the gym worth it mm -hmm. but we don't like to inflict that kind of pain on ourselves when it we it doesn't have a, a good purpose so and then additionally for me it's worth reminding myself that it is a journey not a destination i know we all hear that mm -hmm. a lot but i don't think we can hear it too much and and with that when we look at okay our the work we're doing it's a journey not a destination that reminds me that the uh the enjoyment fulfillment it's available right now and it's to be found right now each footstep on the infinite journey that we're on but if we play a trick on ourselves and say oh once i reach the destination and my my project is done in a year or once i built the big business in a year or 10 years then i can be happy and fulfilled it's like no that is a really really mean trick we play on ourselves that means we're going to be empty for 10 years and then magically we'll be fulfilled uh uh 10 years from now probably isn't going to happen i think that fulfillment it's actually available every step along the way so to me i i have to uh, remind myself to enjoy each little purposeful small step mm -hmm. 
otherwise it's like, wow, what am I working for? Uh, to, to have a sense of enjoyment 10 years from now, it's like, well, the enjoyment is also available right now. Yeah, it's funny because most of us, uh, we all have rules, right? And most of us make it really hard to be happy, but really easy to feel sad or hungry, right? So it's like, if we just change the rules, like in order for me to feel happy, what do I need to do? So most people will say, I need to have this career, I need to do $1 million, I need to have a wife that loves me, three kids, and we make it so complex, right? But if you just take it and make a rule like, okay, each day that I am waking up and I can stand on my feet, I'm happy. Yeah. <laughs> so so we, we all know it intellectually, but it's still like, I, I know, I know, I know, I have a lot of information in my head, but let's say uh, we all get anchors, right? It's like uh, I can know everything, but if I get... Uh, some sort of reaction from people, either a look, it automatically anchors me. It can make yeah. me feel s uh, sad or angry all of a sudden or intimidated because I got anchored from something that happens in the past. So how, yeah. how do you see it? Uh, if you, you feel it, do you believe it's like repetition is the matter of skills? The more you, you do the stuff that you fear to do and uh, being okay with uh, all of that uh, doubts and uh, people reaction? Yeah, uh, absolutely. To me, the greatest pathway to success in terms of fulfillment and outer achievement is making oneself uncomfortable. And I, I think the more we're willing to say yes to things that are uncomfortable, either psychologically or physically or both, then the quicker we expand. And I know that you, you brought up like anchors, like someone gives us a look and then like, oh, we feel criticized. Maybe they meant it, maybe they didn't, but it might remind us something uh, from our past. I have that happen all the time. And I think that thing that comes up from the past is something that needs to be dealt with. Like it's there, like it comes up like, oh, I feel like a five-year-old child and criticized by dad because this older guy gave me a, a weird look. So that's something I don't want to be a slave to, but I want to acknowledge it and breathe with it and realize like, you know, the, the, the criticism that I feel present day, it probably has nothing to do with present day. It's probably unresolved stuff from when I was five years old or but when if, I was ten you years don't old. Know, if you don't know where it comes from. Yeah, and I think we don't need to know where it comes from. The feelings don't lie. If we're there, we're feeling our feelings. In my opinion, the mentioned earlier, the idea of awareness, breathing, feeling, and then moving on is important. Uh, I don't. I don't think fear has any uh, ever hurt anybody. I think being afraid to feel our fear is what hurts people. So, you know, once we're engaged, we have a feeling triggered. It comes up. How that limits us is if we shy away from it. It's like okay, then it's a barrier. I can't move on with my day. I can't move on with my passion project because this big barrier of fear and criticism just came up, but if we breathe with it, acknowledge it, and feel it, 
then we get to actually keep moving on. Um, and in my opinion, walking into that discomfort, even if we've been holding that for a long time, that's something that makes us stronger. Cowering down from the discomfort, I think, is something that we train ourselves to be weaker about. But it's like, man, in the face of adversity, and that adversity from within is what we're talking about. In the face of adversity, if we can acknowledge it, feel it, and keep going, that's what makes us stronger. And we can train ourselves to do that. Just like we can, unfortunately, train ourselves to cower away from adversity that comes up within or outside. We're just training ourselves to be submissive and weak. Mm -hmm. But we can go the other direction too, in my opinion. Do you think uh, you can get to a point that uh, it's not affecting you? Like everywhere you go, no matter what people say or how they react to you, you it doesn't affect you. You don't even feel any tension or something? Uh, that's a good question. I'd love to believe that we can get to that place, but I don't believe we can actually get to that place. I, I wish I could believe it. You know, I, I've had the good fortune to meet a lot of people much wiser than me, much further along the journey than me, and, and all of them get wrinkles in their fabric. But I think what happens to them is the more a person lives from their heart and functions from a, a place of wisdom, what happens is the amount uh, that they get hung up, triggered inside, that just gets less. You know, instead of happening 10 times a day, maybe it happens once every 10 days. And instead of lasting for... Two days, maybe it lasts for 20 minutes, maybe two hours. So it, it doesn't happen as long or as much as or as often when we progress on our path of wisdom, in my opinion. But the idea of ever being free of it, I don't even think I'd want to be free of it because it seems to be such a catalyst for growth. When we say yes to it, when we embrace it and keep going, forward anyway when we're faced with the fear i think that that's what makes us stronger rather than cowering away from it and it making us deflated so i think when we're afraid when we're challenged that's the catalyst for growth how do we respond to it is what determines do we grow from it or do we shrink from it so yeah i i want to keep those catalysts of growth in my life and hopefully respond keep learning to respond in wiser and wiser ways mm -hmm. and if we can look at the we all have different areas in our life right there is the career relationship and uh, etc so yeah. what is an area in your life that you really pleased or very happy with and why Yeah, well, I appreciate that question. Uh, they, you know, I, I, I'm fortunate to say multiple areas, but the, the one I'll mention is my relationship. I'm happy to say as of three weeks ago, I got engaged to my beautiful girlfriend, Amber. Nice. And, and funny story about that, I, I just met her this past January, so we've been in each other's lives for nine months or so relatively short period of time but it's been deep and strong and just beautiful but before i met amber my 
my love life, my romantic life was almost non-existent. I was in a place of just focusing on my career and wanting to prioritize nothing else. And like that, yeah, that served a purpose. But I thought that was going to keep going for a long time. But when I met Amber, I was blindsided. I, I had no idea this lovely lady was going to be coming into my life. And when I met her, it became very obvious. Prioritize the relationship, not work. It's not, it doesn't mean I'm going to quit doing my work. It means my work is going to become a secondary priority. And actually, in turn, the more I prioritize the relationship, the more my work just seems enhanced. So... That was scary for me, by the way. The idea of not 24-7 working, that was scary to me because I had been doing that for so long. And, and it was like jumping off a cliff. Like, ooh, this is scary. But it, my heart is saying, yes, do this, do this. Prioritize the relationship. And, uh, yeah, man, so I appreciate you asking. My relationship is a beautiful, fulfilling part of my life. You're familiar with the formula for happiness? That formula of happiness, that, that sounds familiar, but I'm not, uh, but no, I'm not familiar. I'd love to hear about so, it. So uh, the reason I ask you is because I, I want to share it with all the people that uh, are going to listen to this, because there is actually a formula for happiness or pain. And I asked you what is an area of your life you're really happy with and why. So correct me if I'm wrong. Your current LC is equals the BP, which means LC is life conditioning, how life is right now, match the blueprint, how you see life should be in this particular area, right? And, yeah. and if it's even more, if she is beyond what you expected, you feel like you're in heaven, <laughs> right? But, and if yeah. we look at it the opposite way, like if people in pain, it's when the life condition doesn't match their blueprint, how life should be. Yeah. So they start to feel pain, stress, uh, depressed. No, depression means when when the, the life condition doesn't match the blueprint and you feel hopelessness to change it. If I really feel yeah. like I can't even change this, then I start to be depressed. So, yeah. so the question is like, how can we change it, right? So yeah, how, how you can change your blueprint of life? No, how, how we can change if, if an area of our life doesn't match uh, the blueprint. So we either change yeah. our current life condition, if we have the ability to change it, yeah. okay, because it's in our hand. If I have the ability to change my body, for example, and I need to, to change it. Sure. And the other thing, like if I can't change it, if like, let's say uh, I'm, I can't even move my body, yeah. So I, I need to change my blueprint. That makes sense. And I'm curious, your perspective, you know, and, and first off, I want to acknowledge that's an awesome sounding formula. And I get the idea of like looking to change our life condition. Like that sounds like, yeah, that should be first and foremost, the priority, essentially looking to improve whatever area of our life that is. I think taking action is always a wonderful thing. But then when we look at the blueprint of our life in the given area, that sometimes I haunt myself with 
unrealistic expectations. You know, things should be so much superior than they are, where it, it, it can be so high and so unrealistic that it's at least unrealistic given a short amount of time, that it, it's almost like not inspiring anymore, but it's more like deflating because it's like, oh, if I should have $20 million a year of income, that, well, that might be unrealistic relative to where I'm at now. And it might not be inspiring because it's like, wow, that's a really big gap. My life condition is so much smaller. So I'm long question. But I'm curious, what's your opinion on how to balance having blueprints for our areas of life that are motivating, inspiring, but not so unrealistic that they make us feel defeated all the time? First, like, see it as it is, like in any area, like see it as it is right now. No bullshitting or like if an area is not where I want to be, okay, where am I right now? Where do I really want to go? specifically and what is the gap between where I am and where I need to go and what specific actions what kind of resources do I need to use in order to get there and most of us not asking this kind of question to ourselves we just avoid it or we get into instant pleasure from food or from alcohol or drugs so we can feel good in the moment and uh, I always love to use the example of the, the formula for happiness uh, from a girl that I saw that's really inspired me. Is her name is Turia Pitt. Maybe you know her. I, the, the name's not familiar. So no. she's a woman that at the age of 21, she wanted to be, I think, a marathon runner. And uh, life happened and uh, she, she ran in a place that was a fire. And 70% of her body was burned. And oh, uh, wow. the doctor told her she would not be even able to walk again. Seven years later, she's walking again. She runs. She's pregnant. She has a loving relationship with her husband. And what, what changed? She could not change her current life condition, right? Because her body is like that right now. She can't change wow. it. But she changed her blueprint of how life should be in order for her to feel happy. So it's all in our hands to decide make a decision yeah. the most important decision of our life is not living in suffering something yeah. that i learn every day that i practice every day i'm not perfect at it I'm, i will not be perfect at it but eventually if i walk every day to become better at it so i believe uh, I'm, I'm on the right path yeah i like that i, I like that and i like the the uh courage to have a no bullshit assessment of where we're at now what's the life condition and knowing that suffering i think in many cases is a choice yes yes and uh, the last question i always ask i love to ask uh, the people i interview is uh, what is your legacy what is the legacy you would like to live long after you won't be here in this world yeah, I'd love for it to be a legacy of connection where through my accumulated work, people are inspired to connect deeper to their true self and connect deeper, more genuinely with each other. And that, that was the show. <laughs> All the time that I asked this question, 
So people like have like five minutes of like, yeah, my legacy is there. Da, 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 da. That was like, I was not expecting this like for 20 seconds. <laughs> yeah, man, I'm going short and sweet on this. That's yeah. good. And, and, I, and I think it could just be one word, connection. Yeah, that's that's amazing. Yeah, it's all about that. I believe we're all a connection. And uh, I believe we, we all want, want to be a part of something, right? We all want to be a part of the team. And if we look at every person in our team, because we are all human beings, right? We're all in the same team. Everybody from different cultures, different belief systems, but eventually we are we are humans. That's what yeah. makes us unique. We have the, the ability to change our focus in an instant. We can be we can feel really happy and all of a sudden we can feel really sad. We can change it in an instant, right? So that's what makes us unique. Yeah, I love that. And I, and I think your message is something everybody in the world, including myself, need to hear at least 10 times a day. We're all on the same team. And I think the wisdom of our of nature and our, our bodies being part of nature, it reminds us of that because we need the reminders like, you know, the heart. It doesn't act like it's on a different team than the liver. And the, the kidneys don't act like they're on a different team than the liver, the digestive system, or the endocrine system, they all are seemingly different entities, but they all work together on the same team called the body. And I think each human being, it's like we're a different organ, all on the, the same team of the body of humanity. So anyway, it felt really good hearing your words, the reminder that we're all on the same team. Yeah, so I, I really want to thank you again for your time uh, being on my podcast. I really believe uh, that was a great conversation that can benefit a lot of people and give them maybe a little bit different perspective about their life. And uh, so I thank you very much. Yeah, well, you're very welcome, my friend. I appreciate you having me on and I appreciate the work that you do in the world. If you enjoyed this interview or any other one from the Mind Body Podcast, to subscribe to my podcast at iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, and at my YouTube channel. Also, feel free to share this podcast on Instagram by tagging the Mind Body Podcast. Do you want to be a part of the Mind Body Podcast? So remember the fast factor. The fast factor stands for one. Facebook. Become a part of the Mind Body Podcast community by joining our Facebook community just by searching on Facebook the Mind Body Podcast community. Number two, act. Don't just be a passive listener. Act upon what you've just learned by applying one simple thing from any episode or interview. Three, subscribe. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, or if you're visual like me, then just search the Mind Body Podcast on YouTube. And number four, train others. Because just like I always says, leaders create leaders, and you're all here to grow together. And by training others, you're training yourself. So this is the fast factor. Remember it. Facebook, act, subscribe, and train others. Oh, and please feel free to leave a review which will engage all your VAC senses. 
and the back sensor stands for visual, auditory and kinesthetic, which when you use all the three combined, you remember stuff much better. For more information about my coaching, public speaking and taking your mind and body to all new levels, check my site at lidodayan.com. Till then, never, ever forget to smile. See you soon.